This is a Federal News Network podcast. Just as there's no shortage of cybersecurity threats, there's no shortage of companies and products to try and help you counteract them. The nonprofit MITRE Corporation tested products from 21 vendors using an attack emulation. For what researchers discovered, MITRE's principal cyber operations engineer, Frank Duff. Mr. Duff, good to have you on. I really appreciate you having me. Now, you were testing for a specific threat. So tell us what it was and what the methodology was to test these products. Let's start there by setting the scene. Absolutely. So every round, we choose a different adversary to emulate, and this is our second round. First one, we did APT3, which is a group that's attributed to China. This round, we actually did something with APT29. So this is the group that is attributed with the DNC compromise a couple years ago. And so it's a Russian actor that offers a, a very sophisticated toolkit and so offered a very unique chance to emulate. So this was the APT or the Advanced Persistent Threat that allowed hacking of the Democratic National Committee's emails, correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. And at least that's what's been attributed to. And so they're heavily reported on. There's a lot of intel available on what their behaviors look like. So therefore, when we created the emulation, it's something that we can do with a lot of confidence that we're emulating it correctly, right? We're adhering to the behaviors that have been exhibited by that actor. And 21 companies participated, and they paid to have the products tested, correct? Correct. So vendors do pay to participate. They're the ones that are, at the end of the day, footing the bill, and that allows MITRE, who's the not-profit, to be able to execute this. We open it up. We do an open call for participation, and any vendor can sign up under that. And 21 stepped into the fold this year to participate in it. And you've got all of the big names, BlackBerry Silence, Broadcom, CrowdStrike, McAfee, VMware, all of the well-known companies. And what products do they submit to be tested against this particular APT? So from like a marketing standpoint, most of these products would fall into what a Gartner or Forrester would consider endpoint protection platforms, EPPs, or endpoint detect and respond, EDR technologies. What these technologies are, are the technologies that would focus on detecting the threat once they're in. So let's say your traditional antiviruses have failed. How do you find out that the adversary is in your environment, what they did, where they went, etc.? So when you say endpoint, this would be something that could come in from a mobile device or on a laptop computer? So the focus right now is on Windows Enterprise for this round. So whether that's something like your laptop or the actual servers, file servers or or the domain controllers, things that are attributed to the enterprise itself. But it's Microsoft Windows focused. And is the vector a phishing email or do they get in some other way? The getting in is something that we hand wave. We claim that the adversary came in through a spear phish, but our evaluations start with the file on the desktop that the user is double-clicking. How the access was achieved is kind of beyond the scope of the evaluation. And our focus is once that double-click happened, so whether it was a witting user or whether it came in from a spearfish or some other platform, the witting user in this case would have double-clicked the file, and that would have launched the evaluation at that point. And this is not something that they plant and then nine months later it activates. This is something once you click on it, you release some... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so in reality, it could happen a a number of ways. But for the sake of this evaluation, we choose to start the evaluation immediately at that double click. And that's the first activity that we're representing. Um, One of the important aspects to recognize for this evaluation is it's also open book. So we tell them when we double click that file, we tell them what that file was. They have to show us the detections that associate with that. So what were they able to alert on with that double click or the subsequent activity? 
So these software products then operate as agents on each person's machine. Correct. So the sensors that are deployed are on each of the endpoints that are part of the test. Um, whether, again, that's a server, whether that's the representative of the laptop or personal computer. So the solutions deploy onto that. They're gathering data related to what processes are running, what files are being touched, what changes to the underlying operating system are happening. And then all that data is fed back into a central repository where an analyst could go and query it to be able to analyze it to understand whether the behavior is normal or abnormal is something that they should be concerned with and investigate or just something that's happening on the system. We're speaking with Frank Duff. He's the principal cyber operations engineer at the MITRE Corporation. And in running these tests, what did you discover about the products? So it's really interesting to watch the evolution of these products. Since this is now our second round, we've been able to see how some of these products are advancing. If you look back at the first round, for instance, one of the things that we noticed was PowerShell logging. PowerShell is an administrative tool that is on Windows operating systems by default that allows users to be able to do certain types of scripting to make their lives a little bit easier. It's something that adversaries also use heavily. In the first round uh, with APT3, we actually did do PowerShell scripting and largely vendors missed it. There was, there's on average, uh, two out of 12 vendors that participated were able to perform a detection. This second round, we focused heavily on PowerShell scripting. A lot of the activity that we were doing was centered around it because that's what APT29 does. And it was very good to see that these products were, for the majority, had visibility into strip block logging, understanding what was in the contents of the script that PowerShell was executing so that you could extract the behaviors from that and leverage it. So, so PowerShell visibility is definitely one of those things that's improving, which since it's so prevalent with so many different actors that are out there, it's a really positive thing to see across the industry. From uh, other standpoints, right, data sources in general are continuing to expand. As products learn how to deal with the big data problem, they're trying to figure out how to leverage some of this information that is just voluminous in, in the network, how they can actually pull in the relevant details so that you can still make sense of it. So seeing things like the integrity level of a process, so you know whether it was just a normal user or whether that user that was executing that process had privileges to the entire system, for instance, as well as other data sources. So, sure. so we're continuing to see expansion in terms of the capabilities of these products. Do the products stop the process or do they simply alert the administrator or the, the security operations center that something is going on that you better look at? So this evaluation is focused on the detection. Um, we, in fact, we tell them that they have to either turn off their protections or they have to set the protections to alert only mode. So that way we can ensure that when we do our repeatable process, our methodology, that it can be the exact same methodology across all vendors. If we hit a block, we don't have to worry about it because that block doesn't exist. We can just go from end to end, say how all these products were able to deal with the detection problem. Um, this coming round that we've opened up will start looking into the protection aspects. So the process was, was killed because the file that was being executed was deemed malicious for whatever reason, for instance. All right. And so of the 21 companies, would you say that if a agency chose any one of them, they would have a good sense of when this wrong process is happening and could do something about it? And did any really so, stand out as, hey, you really should look at this one? And I understand you can't endorse any of them, but right. yeah. tell us, give yeah, us some no, sense I, of relativity. I, 
Yeah. So from my perspective, as somebody that's done research in this domain long before we were doing evaluations in this domain, and then in understanding what the MITRE attack knowledge base is and how to leverage that, a lot of that requires you to have visibility into endpoint behavior. And so from that standpoint, these types of products are, from my standpoint, necessary to understand what the adversary is doing to minimize their time with once they get in, um, how long they're on your network, the amount of damage that they're doing. All these products, I think what you can say about them is they're going through this process. Our evaluation is threat informed. And so they're trying to improve themselves based on the real threat. And I think that that can mean a lot. There's definitely varied capabilities in terms of both what data they're capturing, how they're able to leverage that data to create detections, whether those are alerts or just looking at more of, hey, you should look at this. But at the end of the day, this type of product, from my standpoint, is definitely one of those that should be necessary in any environment. And the vendors then can use this information to go back and improve their products, it sounds like. Absolutely. And and many of them do. Some are are more upfront and and relaying information, feedback back to us in terms of the improvements that they've made. But we've identified in between the the couple rounds that we've done, we've identified flaws in their detection logic that could have had serious ramifications to potential deployments. We've been able to inform tech roadmaps, verify certain findings, inform other ones, figure out ways that they can improve the usability for their end users. So my hope is is that the vendors really come away from this feeling, not just that they have something that they can talk to in public domain in terms of coverage, going through yet another evaluation, but that they can actually get technical value out of this in terms of better capability. And do they see one another results? That is to say, can FireEye see how BlackBerry Silence did and can Broadcom see how Malwarebytes did? Absolutely. So they don't see it up through the evaluation itself. However, once we've released the results, everybody's can see everybody's. Um, so all the results are publicly released. Uh, we don't hold things back. The methodology is released. So you can see all 21 vendors. You can compare them side by sides if you want to. And, and we know that, right, that, that empowers both the end user community so that when you're going off and buying a tool, you know the true capabilities that exist for these solutions. But it also helps kind of propel the research forward. So if I was a vendor, I could understand how other vendors are approaching this problem. And you can kind of lift all boats up with that evaluation so that they're all improving by going through this process. Frank Duff is Principal Cyber Operations Engineer at the MITRE Corporation. Thanks so much for joining me. Absolutely. Again, thanks for having me, and uh, I appreciate the chance to talk about this. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.